when when you're up on stage, it's it's kind of like you can rehearse it as many times as you want in practice, but when the lights are on and you're doing it, 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 it you literally have, like you said, throw the technique away and and just allow it to just be a uh, you know a natural performance and and uh, and have fun with it. I mean, for me, I'm just having fun up there, you know. And and and, and if the audience is having fun and I see they're having fun, you know, like. South Alabama, her daddy had a heart like a nine-pound hammer. Think even did a little time in the slammer. What was I thinking? She snuck out one night and met me by the front gate. Her daddy came out waving that 12-gauge. We tore out of the drive. He peppered my tailgate. What was I thinking? Oh, I knew there'd be hell to pay. But that crossed my mind a little too late. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living in the Limelight. I'm your host, Jay Huller. As a quick reminder, please follow us on Instagram at Living in the Limelight Show and check out our website at livinginthelimelight.com. And of course, you can find our podcasts through all the major streaming services, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on YouTube at Living in the Limelight Podcast. Each week, we feature a conversation with a different artist where we delve into what makes them tick and sometimes we get pro tips on pursuing a career as an artist. If you are a performer or know someone who is and would like to be considered for our show, check out the questionnaire at livinginthelimelight.com and thanks so much for listening. Born in Cleveland, Ohio, Sean Gavin Thomas, or known by some by his stage name SGT, has been singing and performing his entire existence. A member of the Barbershop Harmony Society since 2002, He is a four-time international medalist in their youth quartet contest and two-time district quartet champion in the Mid-Atlantic and Sunshine District. Sean has worked and met with many big-name music professionals and famous people, such as Omar Jose Cardona from NBC's The Voice, pro wrestling legend Hulk Hogan, where he won the first inaugural's Hogan's Hangout Men's Karaoke Championship, the godfather of contemporary acapella, Deke Sharon, and country music legend Kenny Rogers. Sean is also an active vocal coach and has participated in numerous Harmony Camp workshops in Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. And be on the lookout for his forthcoming single, Focused. Let's welcome Sean Gavin Thomas to Living in the Limelight. Perfect. Hey, Hey, Sean, how are you? Doing good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. How do I sound on that end? Perfect. I got you on speakerphone, so I was wondering if it was going to come through or not. Yeah, sometimes it's a hit or miss kind of thing, but uh, yeah, it <laughs> sounds beautiful on this end. Yeah, so. surprisingly, it went, it went through. Like, uh, I think it's because maybe like I sometimes have my notifications uh, silenced. Like, yeah, I turn on, on silent mode with my phone. Yes. So I think that might have been maybe the reason, but sometimes it goes through. Sometimes it doesn't, but it did add you as a contact, so I think that probably bypassed it. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, I'm glad to know I'm, I'm among the, the select few. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been spared. I've been spared, yes. So let's, <laughs> uh, let's walk back. I love going from the very beginning of, of music for you, music, performance. Do you, can you remember when that, was it a single moment? Was it something that happened where you just like, you know what, I think this might be something that will be part of my life for a long time. Do you remember it? For sure. For sure. For sure. Well, let's, let's go back to when I was four years old oh, and nice. that's when I really got first introduced to music. And, uh, I'm going to tell you a, a, a true story here. 
This was Christmas of 1986. I was four years old, so that just shows how old I am. Uh, <laughs> it was it was Christmas time, and uh, it was, this was at my parents' house. Uh, you know, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, even though I live in Florida now, and uh, we live right by Cleveland Hopkins International Airport. And I have the very vivid memory of all the airplanes flying over my house, and uh, it was it was definitely an experience that. Uh, I will quickly forget because <laughs> it's always just every every five seconds or every hour. There's like you know, just heard, just heard the airplanes just fly by. But uh, but uh, long story short, it was Christmas time at the time, and uh, it was, this is at my parents' house. And uh, Phil Collins, uh, as far as Genesis, the mm-hmm. song "Throwing It All Away" was playing mm-hmm. on the radio, and I was just kind of you know at the time it was Christmas time. You know, I'm just kind of around having a good time and uh you know it was kind of singing and it wasn't really singing it was more like kind of babbling like you know so it wasn't really singing per se but you know at the time that was my real first introduction to music and that's a very vivid memory that i have uh (laughs) the other vivid memory is when i uh bumped uh my tooth into my lip and i had to go to the emergency room that was that wasn't fun but uh that was that was more when i was younger (laughs) even younger yet about three years old but yeah, no, but uh, no, it, that was probably one of the, the big things uh, that helped me uh, uh, basically catapult uh, into uh, my music career, you know, as I got uh, older, you know, and, and got, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was active with, uh, you know, the, the, my show, the show choirs and the concert choirs mm-hmm. in middle school and high school. And, uh, you know, it just kind of went from there and, and it really just, it really just springboarded from there. You know, I was doing, you know, I was acting with high school musicals, uh, you know, and then uh, when I went to college, I acted with kind of their, their uh, musical theater program and, uh, and their uh, uh, chor- uh, chorale, the CSU chorale, mm-hmm. uh, where, I had, where I had the chance to actually to sing with Kenny Rogers, no country kidding. musical legend Kenny Rogers. Oh. Yeah, that, that was a really cool experience. Uh, it, basically, long story short with that, uh, the, 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 there, were, there were two different cor- uh, choruses. Uh, when I went to Cleveland State University, I went to college for a short time before I kind of decided to go more uh, independently uh, as a musician and singer. Uh, but I was part of the regular choir, and then this was kind of the step up, kind of like the more advanced choir. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it was the, the Cleveland State University Chorale, and this was back in 2002, um, where Kenny Rogers had a Christmas show. And it was at uh, Cleveland Cleveland Playhouse Square, Playhouse Square. Okay. and uh, he was the main feature, and we were basically kind of the uh, the uh, backup, you know, kind of last night in the pips. We were kind of the pips for, <laughs> okay. for, for, for Kenny Rogers. So we were, you know, featuring the, the, the chorus. We did basically Christmas songs, and you know, I think we're like, jing, you know, jingle bells, jingle. You know, it's, you know, it's kind of a festive show that he had. Yeah. And uh, you know, Kenny, Kenny was uh, he was. He was just as mild mannered and calm and very kind. You know, you hear when you hear him sing, it's a very warm and when you hear him sing, very warm and welcoming. And that's exactly how he was in person. He was really? just like, you know, hey guys, thank you very much for coming to the show, and you know, just you know, feel free to you know, to, you know, have fun, all that. He was just very. I mean, you know, God rest his soul. He was just a, just a great person. And you know, for me to have an honor to to uh, to do, even if it was just a, a backup choral thing, and then you know that was just kind of a uh, like a one and done type thing yeah. but for for me to get it to to meet a a music celebrity and a country uh legend such as kenny rogers uh was really really an honor yeah no kidding now was that an independent rehearsal with you guys and not with him and then you just joined on stage to perform or did you rehearse with him 
Uh, we just joined on stage to just join on stage to to perform with them. So it was kind of it was kind of like a basic walkthrough. I think maybe uh, an hour before, like we met Kenny Rogers, and it was just like you know when when I sing this line here, you guys come in and just boom. It's just it's just kind of was like a walk on roll. But it was like oh. I think probably about maybe two two three minutes of just a, a little small feature. But it was really really cool. We had a and and I don't know what happened to the to the photo. I I, I need to contact one of my uh, <laughs> colleagues. Yeah. In the way back row, you know, I'm only five foot three, so you figure I'd be in more of the front row. All but right. <laughs> but uh, I was tucked in the back there, hidden by but hidden between the two trees. So yeah, it was it was it was a uh, pretty pretty fun. It was a fun experience for sure. And the memory carries with you to the day. So oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I think that's probably one of the biggest things I can say as an independent artist of like, you know, like, have you met any celebrities? Have you met any famous musicians and, and singers? And Kenny Rogers is one of them. And uh, I, I know through a network of a friend, uh, and I, I haven't met him in person yet, but I know of a friend that actually knows uh, Joey Fatone from the sink. And wow. I almost, I almost had the opportunity <laughs> to perform on the same stage as him. It was a, uh, it was a kind of live band karaoke, uh, uh, place that uh, that that uh, a show that that he was doing with uh, Ryan Cabrera, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it was kind of a collaboration that they were trying to do, but scheduling just kind of you know everything just fell through the cracks, and it was it was unfortunate that it didn't happen. But uh, I've been very lucky and very fortunate to have met some very famous people uh, in my lifetime, just down the line. Like I mean, there's there's your local celebrities like uh, in Cleveland there. Uh, there was uh, a, a show, uh, you know, it was a, lo- a long-lasting show uh, called Big Chuck and Little John, and uh, Little John Rinaldi. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to meet him in oh, person. He's, okay. he's a real, a, I'm real short guy. He's, I, 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 I think I, I want to say he's, 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 a, he's a midget, but uh, yeah, he was, yeah, very. He, he, we could basically compare with with height for sure. But he was really, really nice. And uh, and Big Chuck, uh, he actually had. A connection. He actually came to a show in uh, Akron, Ohio, because uh, I hold membership of the Barbershop Harmony Society. There is a chorus called the Akron Derby Town Chorus, and he was actually was part of the Afterglow. It's like an after party, and he was there. So I had a chance to 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 uh, either see or meet both Big Chuck and Little John. They're 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 you know they're a, Cle- a Cleveland name. So yeah. so for anybody that's listening, to this may not know who they are, but. Um, but yeah, Big Chuck and Little John were, were a, a big staple in, 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 in the uh, Cleveland area, for sure. That's really interesting. It's funny you should mention Cleveland and, of course, where you were, you, you know, your roots are. And uh, yep. I've, I've yep. never been. Born, born and raised. <laughs> born and raised Cleveland there and uh, was there for 35 years and uh, I've been living in Florida ever since. And uh, uh, I don't miss the snow and I do not I miss uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, the, the sports teams. Uh, are, get so close and yet they're so far away <laughs> but 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 in 2016 uh it was a very very pivotal moment in my life when the when the Cavs did win the championship and uh and just for the record I was not one of those people that burned LeBron James jersey I'm not petty like that <laughs> good I'm, I'm glad you hold <laughs> no no actually one of my, my favorite athletes actually he got me to be a basketball fan so you know this that's uh you know like some people will say you're like hey Michael Jordan was one of my idols well LeBron James was one of my idols. That's like kind of how I got uh, really into the sport, and I still, you know, I'm still uh, a fan, obviously, to this day. And, and and now that I'm down here in Florida, you know, I'm more Miami Heat. But uh, right. <laughs> you would say Orlando, but no, no, I'm I'm more Miami Heat. So, yeah, yeah, it's but. always smart to root for the team that you're around because it makes otherwise the contest kind of uh, 
<laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> exactly right. every time you're there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. So I was thinking about you as a four-year-old, and I was thinking about you now, and I'm wondering if you could sort of dig into your feelings a little bit and combine that time with now and kind of come up with a common thread of, because you said you felt that Phil Phil Collins song and you felt something. And today, too, like literally today, probably you sat behind the console or you did some singing or you were involved in music in one way, shape or form. What has propelled you to continue all the way through that time? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the driving passion. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there is there is a uh, one of my mentors, and he's actually the godfather of contemporary acapella. Uh, his name is Zeke Sharon. And if and if and if you don't know the name, you certainly know the Pitch Perfect movies. Yes. He, okay. he 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 arranged the music for them. Mm-hmm. And without that name of Zeke Sharon, you would not see Pentatonix. You would not see uh, Bobby McFerrin, for that matter. Huh. You would not see uh, pretty much any any acapella group uh, that's that you know be it collegiate, be it regular. You know any if if they don't mention Deke Sharon, they're not truly an acapella group because Deke actually propelled contemporary acapella to what it is today. And Deke had a very 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 vivid quote, a very direct quote that rings to me to this day. You don't choose music; mm. it chooses you. Got you. You do not choose music; it chooses you. If you if you don't live and breathe it, if you don't if it's not in your head continuously, uh, like a twenty four seven type feel, if there's not, if there's not creativity in the, in the mind or whatever, it, then then you know it, it hasn't chose you for life. Mm. For me, I knew it. For, for me, I knew it, cho- it chose me for life because I'm always thinking of like, okay, what can I write for the next a next original song. Uh, I have, I have one original song that I'm working on right now that I'm set to release at the end of the year called focused. Okay. And basically what that song is about is no matter what crap gets thrown at you in life, you have to keep moving forward. And I've dealt with a lot of adversity, a lot, uh, this, this year, uh, you know, actually one of my quartet mates, uh, uh, as I said, I was a member of the barbershop harmony society and I had a quartet called new release. And actually, uh, I sadly lost my bass singer, to stage two mouth cancer and oh, it was no. just one of those big it was just one of those big uh uh blows and it really gutted me it was because we we uh placed uh silver medalist in the international contest and uh you know we won the district championship in 2007 2008 and uh you know it's it, 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 it's a it's tough to to have a loss like that uh you know it, it, down the line, we didn't really see eye to eye in certain things, but you know, nobody, nobody, nobody needs to go like how he did. But uh, right, yeah. that was one of the biggest, uh, I think, uh, obstacles and just kind of adversities that I had. And and then you know, just other personal things that ha- that that happened, uh, you know, up and down the road this year. But it, the the message of focus is just no matter what happens, you had you just have to keep going. And that's one of the the, the big things w- with me is like you know. There's challenges you got, but you just have to go through it. You just have to keep pushing forward. Yeah, that's a great message, and it it speaks a lot to it. You're making me think about my my upbringing and the music that I listen to, and and how I would turn to certain songs to help me get through, you know, the day or the week or whatever. And and I think music is that mm-hmm. way for a lot of people. Now on the oh for sure on the other side of it, for you who provides music, do you hope that that effect is like prominent on the person who's listening to it, listening to your original music? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so this this first song I'm putting a lot of effort into as far as like uh, elements in the song. So like originally I was like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of have it be just kind of like a, a your, your typical rock song. But the end of the song, I don't want to spoil it too much, but I, I added another element to the end of the song. And actually, I, I talked through Fiverr uh, uh, with a course from uh, South Africa, Nigeria. Uh, it's a director that that uh, I, I said to I said to him, you know, I, I want this ending to just be kind of, you know, it has you know like the, ah, you know, yeah. like something that has it, it, that type of aura. And, and I think and, and I wanted it, it just, this thing to just really just be at the end. And like I got another song that I'm that I'm working on. You know, it's like this basically about you know don't don't try to be somebody else. And I think that I'm going to call it Stay in Your Lane. And uh, that's still in the works, but it's going to be kind of more of an upbeat song. This one's kind of a moderately tempo song. You know, it's, it's uh, looking probably about uh, 82 beats a minute. But this this next one is going to be a little bit faster for sure. <laughs> so it's going to have a little bit more driving intensity. But uh, but this first one is going to be pr- pretty awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you're trying to incorporate a lot of variety because um, you've done so many musical styles through your whole life. And does that add a little, um, does that push the creativity a little bit or a lot by just saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to jump into this genre a little bit. Does it get your gears rolling or is it something that is like almost frightening for you or both? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Well, I actually, me being a multi-genre artist is I, I have a lot of, different choices i can go with mm-hmm. the music and uh you know like for like for me like when i when i sing like songs like uh stuff from frank sinatra or michael buble or ellis Fitzgerald or 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 anything like that you know people are, sometimes don't believe that you know i can also do rock or pop type style voice yeah. uh but you know i i think that it, it really adds a lot of creativity and, and a lot of uh expansion you know a lot of, you know if i'm doing like a a song, a certain song or whatever, whatnot. And then, you know, it's not as taxing. It being, being a multi-genre artist is, is so, so important, I think, you know, uh, to, to have that variety and, and you can be pretty much flexible on the go, you know, especially if you're being commissioned to do a show or it's like a specific genre, you can switch to it immediately. So, yeah. So what would your ideal day look like if, since you're a multi-genre artist and you've done all of these things, you've, you've, had your feet in the, in the pond, so to speak of, of possibilities. If you could wake up one day and money wasn't a factor, age wasn't a factor, abilities wasn't, you know, wasn't a factor. You just would paint it just like you would. How would you in wrap yourself up in music and what would it look like? Wow. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, you know, I mean, if money wasn't a factor, I mean, obviously, you know, <laughs> Anybody could be uh, buying the most expensive equipment and, and getting the best uh, quality of stuff like that. Like if I was doing like uh, content creation, you know, I could get like the, the most highest level camera in town mm-hmm. and it would be cutting edge, uh, you know, H- HD high definition quality, which that's what I'm striving to do. Uh, you know, like right now it's just kind of mostly just phone stuff, but you know, uh, the sky's the limit. I mean, you can, you can do so much like with today's technology like i'm like i just did an interview with another podcaster that was talking like how ai you know mm-hmm. you know artificial intelligence ai like people are singing with uh supposedly a, a voice that sounds like frank sinatra or sounds like uh 
you know, uh, uh, Elvis Presley or, or, uh, or, uh, uh Lionel Richie or, or, or whoever, you know, yeah. and it's saying like, you know, Hey, I'm, do, I'm, I'm doing with, with Lionel Richie, but you're really not. And that's, <laughs> to me, that's, to me, that's personally cheating. I mean, mm. cause there's only one, uh, you know, one person, you know, it's you, you, you there's yeah. only one you in the world. Exactly. So it's, it's almost kind of like a, a, a cheating thing. So like when, some artists are, are apparently using AI for their artistic creativity. It's like, I mean, if you want to do that, great. But it, it, to me, it's just not original. I mean, you're just kind of taking another uh, another voice that people we already know distinctly what that voice is and claiming it as your own, you know, uh, a composition or, or arrangement or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, for me, it's just almost unoriginal unless it's used in an art, artistic manner where it's tasteful but you know for me it's just not really original yeah okay so i've given you a crystal ball and it's the uh, the best equipment so tomorrow let's just pretend for a second you have that hd camera from the moment you wake up and you can work by the way you can work with anyone you want um let's keep it with someone who's alive now would you collab with someone and work with them all day long would you just write music would you record with your fancy camera? Would you have a concert at a, in a big venue that night? What What would you dream up that could be available for you? That that's that's a really cool question. So, I'm a big One Republic fan. I'm a big Ryan Tedder fan. He's one probably one of the best one of the best songwriters right now. Uh, I definitely would love to work, would love to work with Ryan. Uh, you know, kind of you know, pick his brain. He picked my brain, and and. Uh, you know, his his songwriting. You know, he's he's, he's written songs for Beyonce and and, mm. and several other artists. Uh, you know, and just just amazing what he what he's done uh, as a musician. And like, you know, I was a fan of of Apologize back in two thousand and eight, and you know, uh, now with with Runaway, you know, uh, his new song. You know, it's it, it, it's it's amazing where where his mind goes with the creativity of songs and and. Uh, Another one I wouldn't mind working with is Charlie Puth. And Charlie mm-hmm. Puth and I actually share a very rare uh, gift, a rare ability that actually one in 10,000 people have, and that's absolutely perfect pitch. And he talks about him, you know, with him having perfect pitch, being able to just kind of write songs uh, in his head. You know, it's like literally an orchestra uh, of songs. And, and uh, you know, for me, that's kind of like with my songwriting process also, is I have it basically kind of in my head how I want it to sound. And, you know, when I, when I work, work with focus, you know, I had the melody in my head, you know, it was just a matter of like, I just want to get this like tracked and instruments, you know, you put, track down as quickly as possible. Let's get this down. Let's get this thing rolling here. And, and, uh, you know, I, I uh, heard a drummer that's uh, another one of his uh, clients to uh, work with. And I said, let's use him, man. He's awesome. His name is Glenn Wellman, and he laid out the, the drums for it. And it's just wow. I, I was I couldn't be more happier with how it turned out. But uh, yeah, it, it, it those those two masterminds, you know, Ryan Tedder and Charlie Puth. Yeah, those those I would definitely work with. Uh, that sounds like a really cool day. So walk mm-hmm. me through. Pretend I'm a and in this case I kind of am, but pretend I'm a kindergartner um, regarding perfect pitch. Because I'll tell you what I think is it's somebody who hears the notes as they are as they're played on any instrument and they can mm-hmm. um, 
Well, not necessarily reproduce those notes, but they recognize them like they know exactly how it should be. Um, right. What has that been a like a um a game changer for you, or has it been a crutch, or has it been a problem, or has it been how has it been? Because you like you said, one in ten thousand people um, have it. So how has it been to enjoy that gift? Uh, it's a, a little bit of everything that you mentioned, you know, like it, it, it's a blessing to have because I'm able to just basically identify keys of a song and be able to just kind of just, you know, uh, when it comes to like rehearsing songs, it, it's not as bad. I, I don't have to fish for notes on a piano or anything like that, or even read, read music for that matter. I just kind of hear it and just kind of rehearse it over and over. And I, now that now I know what the key of the song is, uh, it, it's easy for me, but it's also a, a crutch. It's, it's also a, a hurdle. Uh, you know, a curse at the same time because I'm so used to hearing a song in a key that if I want to transpose mm. it to a different key, I have to literally. I, I true true fact for certain songs, I have to enter it into like a, a, a MIDI program or 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 a uh, you know like finale or whatever, and just transpose it down. I have to hear it in that key just to just to get the feel for it. Uh, you know, but for people like when, when, when I demonstrate, when I demonstrate in, in, in public and all that, like, you know, the reaction is like, wow, like, how did you do that? It's like, <laughs> it's just, it's just innate, you know, it's just like, uh, uh, if I was, if I see the color red, like, you know, like it's basically with colors, you know what the color red looks like unless you're color, color blind, mm-hmm. but red, blue, green, you know, exactly what they look like with, with absolute perfect pitch. It's, it's basically, we know what the tones sound like. And it's almost kind of like, you know, uh, there's there was a instructor way back in the day that uh, explained that, you know, the, the pitches are like colors on a palette, you know, like, like a, a color palette. And that's probably the best way to describe it. So like, you know, like the, 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 the key of C. So, you know, like like I know that that's the, the, the a C. Uh, I, I, I basically, you know, will just uh, say that that's kind of like a, a happier tone and then like d is more kind of the the uh, uh, like a fanfare you know you know it's like like you know it's like it has that kind of that that uh that fanfare type feel to it but uh but another thing like some people were like like suppose like like if i if i sing the tone like i'm not exactly like right on the the overall like frequency of the pitch or whatever say like i'm like like I may, maybe slightly sharp or slightly flat or whatever, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like some people are like, well, you know, like, like it's not quite there, but they say it's perfect pitch, but it's not truly perfect because it, it's a perception. So I know what the key sounds like, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be singing it exactly right on the tone every mm-hmm. single time. I mean, I strive obviously to do it, but, but it's, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a gift and a, and a blessing to have. But like I mentioned, like, you know, trying to do uh adjustments on, on, on arrangements, it can be a curse as well. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. That's kind of why, the way I phrased the question, why I asked it that way, because it seems like anyone who has a, a true gift, there's always seems to be some other side to it. And I wonder now for rehearsal, let's say you get together with some new people you've never worked with before. And you've got a, a piece that you guys have the sheet music and you've never seen it. And it's brand new. And you just start going through it. Do you find that you kind of become like team leader, so to speak? and sort of guide everyone else um oh yeah yeah well i mean if you're working with masterminds like you're kind of all on the same page like for example like i'll say like you know hey let's sing that up a third or whatever and they they know exactly what i'm talking about mm-hmm. but uh like i don't consider myself much of a teacher like i mean i've taught a couple a couple things before 
but it, it teaching is a lot different than performing. Mm. And uh, for for me, uh, if 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 everybody's on the same page and if everybody understands what I'm talking about, it's a lot easier. But if you're trying to say like, okay, sing this up a fifth, and somebody doesn't have any type of musical background or anything like that, and they look at you like, you know, basically, like, you know, during the headlights, like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's a lot harder uh, for for me to explain that. So you know, it's like, okay, so here, like, here's your note, here's your note. You know, I'm basically, it's, it's teaching by rote. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the most common thing. Like when we learn songs on the radio, that's basically rote teaching. So, I mean, that's probably the best way of, of, of doing that. So, like, to summarize, if everybody's on the same page and understands what I'm talking about, it's a lot easier than than uh, than uh, having to, to go through kind of the, the, the rote message. Absolutely. And I, I guess that's, you've, you've surrounded yourself for your whole life kind of in that way and gone through school and been in different groups and whatnot. It was making right. me think for some reason um, the, the show Glee popped into my head. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did did that show and other shows you've you actually mentioned? Do you think that those have been um, beneficial for promoting both acapella music and just music in general and performance, or have they, in in different cases, put like a dark side to it? Do you, what would be your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Like show, shows like Lee and 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 Pitch Perfect and and the Sing Off. You know, actually, I I knew a uh, competitor. That was part of the Sweet Adelines International Group, uh, which is uh, which is the the, the female uh, barbershop organization that competed on Sing Off, and mm-hmm. you know, like the 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 judges, which I think uh, Sean Stockman from Boys to Men was was one of the ju- judges for that show, okay. uh, and it was uh, Nick Lachey from 98 Degrees uh, uh, hosted that show, and like you know, they heard they they heard these four women that I mean they're phenomenal singers. I mean they're I can remember when I first joined uh, the Barbershop Harmony Society, you know, now over 20 years ago, I was 19 years old and I was heard a quartet uh, that was actually based here in Florida called Platinum. And I heard them do uh, Be Our Guest, uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast Be Our Guest from mm-hmm. Disney. Mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, Tony DeRosa, who was who was the uh, baritone singer, and he's actually the musical director for the Voices of Liberty and, and all uh, uh, stuff in the parks. And uh, him and I we hold a pretty long friendship and I actually sang with him with my past quartet who released in a, on a show one time. But, uh, but Tony had held this note, you know, this high flat for at least 30 seconds. Oh, wow. And I was just like <laughs> awestruck, like, Holy cow. I mean, like, it's like, you know, like, is this, is this how quartets are supposed to sound? And like, uh, for, for all your listeners, just all you, all you do, just, just Google, just Google or, or YouTube up platinum VR guests. Okay. And it'll pick up, you know, it'll just pick up all the the videos that they had. So like, cuddle up a little closer was one of their signature songs. Uh, the the didn't we MacArthur Park medley, uh, be our guest, uh, smiling through. Uh, Old Lang Syne is probably one of their 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 uh, their epic songs. I mean, they 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 did an amazing arrangement. Uh, uh, Clay Hine is is what it was the arranger of that. He's he's a he's a, another singer of the organization but he's done a lot of arrangements uh for them i think he might have done be our guest as well but uh but no it's it, it, the, the singing quality has just gotten so so better i mean o- over the years and i i think that's what uh, propelled me to say you know what i want to learn from this i want to get better and i want to see what what i need to do to become better and i took all this knowledge over these years and you know 
here I am now. Yeah, it's funny you should mention vocal coaches because I just happened to see, um, it was probably about three weeks ago, um, a little thing on Adele. She was talking about, him, you know, it's preparing for shows and rehearsing or whatever. And she mentioned her vocal coach and the uh, person turned and he's like, wait, you got to be kidding me. You're Adele. You have a vocal coach? And she was adamant. She's like, oh, absolutely. And she started walking through the exercises they do together. And uh, and so do you think it's critical slash um, just almost essential now for anyone who wants to achieve a high level of performance in their industry to have somebody along their side who either has done it or knows the ins and out to kind of like the word says, coach them along? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to try to just do this by yourself, I mean, you're basically going to be, be a, a, a duck, duck out of water. I mean, it's, it's, you know, literally you have to have the right people. And like, uh, like I mentioned with, with, with Mike and his wife, uh, Caroline Walker, you know, that's basically a team, you know, you got to have a team behind you mm-hmm. to, to guide you and, and to, and to say, you know, like, this is good, but let's do this better. Uh, you know, the more people that you surround yourself with, and, and one of the biggest things that, uh, another thing that, that, that makes me better and, and understand a little more is, you know, not just the coaches, but also watching as many concerts as possible. And that's like, if, if you can get to as many live concerts as possible, that's huge because you get to see different performers. You can see how they perform on stage, uh, vocally what they do. You know, Cause like, I mean, there's nothing like watching a performer live. And I think this is, this is, this is a true fact. When I'm watching a performer live, I'm not really watching their, 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 their face or their eyes. I'm watching their mouth. Mm-hmm. And it sounds kind of weird because I want to see how their, how their tech, their technique is, is, is coming out to the audience and, and, and how they sing and, and, and what they do. And you'll hear a lot of vocal coaches say like, you know, thing through the mask which is basically right you know right right in the nasal cavity mm. and and that i i latch on a lot and that helps a lot in production and that's one one of the big things that you know that i took to heart and and uh you know just knowing your range knowing your vocal range knowing what you need to do to become to become uh, uh better and and you know it's 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 a lot of factors that i think you know you know watching performers live as opposed to on YouTube videos makes a big difference because in the end, if you have like a, a, a VIP or a meet and greet, you can talk to these performers in person and say, you know, like, like, how do you do this? Like, you know, and they can actually give you, a, it's almost like a free lesson saying like, you know, well, I, I've been doing this for many years and this, you know, how is that? And, you know, it's really a cool experience to have. Yeah. And do you find that they're, um, when you have those meet and greets that they're super receptive to that because you're speaking, um, the exact language that they do for, you know, exactly. for a living. Is that what the, why the connection is so strong? Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. Cause, cause they, cause they understand what you're, what, what you're saying and, and, and you understand what they're saying. And, and it's, it's a real mutual, uh, uh, real mutual passion, you know, because, because you, you guys, you know, you both live and breathe it and you know what it's about day in and day out. So for performing on stage, when you're on stage, can you describe the the feeling that gives you is um, or, or the range of emotions like starting from before the performance when you're getting ready all the way to the end? Is it a roller coaster of emotions, and and how do you feel as you go through that? Yeah, the emotions of being on stage. I mean, well, first of all, if you're not having butterflies in your stomach and a little bit <laughs> and a little bit of a little bit of nerves or whatever, that then then there's something wrong. I, it, I, I must have, I, I've 
performed hundreds and hundreds and thousands of times. And I don't think there was never any time that I did not feel a, a slight, slight bit not nervous. Let's talk about um, voice as an instrument, because I like to talk to all my performers and, and mainly the podcast so far. It's been I've been doing this for almost a year and a half now, and I've mainly had stage performers, uh, uh, singers and, and musicians. Um, although the canvas is open if, if someone's listening to anyone who performs on stage, could be a dancer or whatnot. But um, I always talk to them right. about their guitar, their, you know, their piano or whatever, but your primary instrument is you, is your voice. Is there um, a routine that you go through or things, certain things that you do? Because um, I follow Mama Jan, um, who's here in Atlanta, and she's a vocal coach and, and kind of career builder for a lot of performers. And she always talks about taking care of your voice as, you know, as you would put a, a fine Les Paul guitar in a case and protect it. You want to do the things for, for your voice because that's it. Um, what, would, what would you recommend to people and how do you um, take care of your voice? Well, uh, for, for me, you know, obviously water is a, is a, is a necessity. Uh, you know, hydrate. You know, always, always frequently hydrate. Uh, you know, I, I'm as guilty as the next person about, you know, drinking sodas and stuff like that. Like, actually, I'm a big Mountain Dew fiend. I'll, I'll have that when I'm not really singing, but when I'm in performance mode, you know, if I'm really, you know, keeping what I need to do, certain set or whatever, I'm, I'm hydrating. Just keeping, keeping the voice hydrated and even doing this podcast. I have actually have a, a, a lot of water with it because it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of, you know, you're using the voice to, mm-hmm. to talk and to explain certain things and stuff like that. So I, I have a I have a bottle of water right right at my desk here as as, I, as I'm talking to you right now, um you know that and, and just proper vocal warm ups like uh, there's like lip bubbles, you know, I've heard of those yeah. and stuff like that, you know that that opens up that opens up the vocal cavity a lot. So like if I'm feeling a little tight, you know like because there's there's times where I'm like I'm singing a phrase, uh you know I'm not properly warmed up. Sometimes I'll just like kind of like like kind of. I'm rehearsing something, but I'm not, I didn't like fully warm up or whatever. So then I'll do kind of lip bubbles, just kind of keep that open. And then like, you know, like sirens, you know, find the the ups and the, and the downs of the voice, uh, you know, range wise. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing for me, uh, uh, you know, hydrate, uh, get a steamer. Like for me, that's why I live in Florida as opposed to any other place is I hate the cold. And now that it's getting a little cooler, I hate breathing in cold air because mm-hmm. cold air really affects my voice. So I'm always continually, you know, you know, you know, like I was like about if you had like a hot piece of pizza in your mouth, ah, you know, like okay. that, 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 that type of feel. So I'm always going keep my voice, you know, warm, you know, you know, you know, warmed up tone, tone wise and figuratively uh, because with cold air and that was one of the biggest things like when when i was living up north and i'm breathing in cold air it really it really affected me vocally i like i was having a hard time you know singing high notes you know i was like kind of sounding more like a bass than i was uh because i'm more of a, a tenor uh a tenor two tenor one voice and like you know for me being here in florida at least i could step outside like especially during the day because it's like about 70 80 degrees and i can breathe in warm warm air as opposed to cold air. Mm-hmm. So like for me, when it's cool, I always have a, I would have a steamer and I would just keep inhaling steam and just open up the, 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 you know, the nasal cavity and, and also, also, you know, the vocal cavity as well. So 
that you know it's keeping keeping hydrated is definitely i'm a big video game nerd so i would actually be humming like uh mega man and super mario themes huh. because, just because like the composition they're just like and there's all over the place and it attested you know like vocally i just just had it in my head it's just it's just the nerd in me but <laughs> i would do that and just kind of like if i was doing exercise i would be literally just kind of humming the the background music in my head while i was doing like kind of like a night walk or or, or, or evening walk or morning walk or jog or whatever but yeah it's it, it just it's always just keeping engaged you know yeah. keeping hydrated keeping the voice always consistently you know moving you know, totally, so, so to speak. That is, that's fascinating because I think it's something that the, the layman never, ever considers. We just watch you guys get up on stage and we listen and we clap and it's great. And we're like, oh, you know, they, it's kind of like when they show in the movies that the, the girl wakes up and her, her, she's all dolled up and everything. And she's like, oh, how'd she wake up that way? Right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the after that. That's, that's what you see the finished product, <laughs> but people don't, it's like the, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, snow cap the like the avalanche or whatever uh-huh. like you see like the uh, the iceberg everybody sees the iceberg the top of that but they don't see what's underneath yep. it's all it's all the stuff that happens underneath that creates that iceberg all the blood sweat and tears <laughs> oh yeah that's really cool so um we've talked about your future like your sorry your ideal day now what does the future look like for you you're i know you mix music for people you do tracks you're super busy you go to concerts cuz i see you posting and you like you said you enjoy watching live music you love performing what do you think on down the line you're going to have a a song that is a little bit out of your wheelhouse coming out and you'll have other music on down the road what do you what would you like to see and what do you foresee kind of um, realistically happening in the next couple of years and then on down the road from there. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I mean, well, for, for me, like I, I, I stepped into the independent artist circuits just recently because I own, own and operated my recording business for well over 20 years. And, and uh, you know, for, for me, it was just like, you know, I, I need, I need to, I need to do something different to challenge myself. And I've al- I always loved to perform uh, for, for me, like, you know, it's not really the, the matter of me, being famous i mean it's cool to be famous but there are a lot of famous people that have not been very successful i mean mm-hmm. success and, and being famous are two different things because you can be successful and have a amazing business that generates six figures and does all the, the the things that you need to do but if you want if you're trying to be famous and you know you can be famous in the wrong way yeah you know, that's 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 a you know, it's a double-edged sword. You can go either way with that. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, if you're if you're aiming if you're if you're trying to aim to be the next American Idol or the next, uh, you know, from NBC's The Voice, mm-hmm. it's you know, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but it's probably not going to happen. Because a good example is like uh, I I'm good friends. I know actually Omar Jose Cardona from NBC's The Voice mm-hmm. uh, personally. I, I I've known him actually before. Uh, he was uh, uh, big on the voice, and and if anybody's followed the show, you know he placed fourth, fourth place yeah. in 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 the country, and uh, you know we casted the votes, we put as much as we could in, and and uh, you know with with reality shows like that, and and you know with music shows such as American Idol, you know I, I've known a lot of people in the Orlando network that auditioned for that, and didn't even make past the first round, mm. or even 
even the the main live show. I mean, it's it's it, it's amazing how you know you look at a, a, a talent and say, wow, you know, he's so good, but but he didn't make a bachelor. Why? Well, I mean, because it's one it's one thing, Jay. Music is very subjective. Mm-hmm. What one person likes doesn't mean it's going to translate to everybody else, and that's the big challenge with that. So for me, when I put music out. You know, I just hope that, you know, the, the fans that, that like my music, I welcome them saying, you know, hey, thanks for following me. You know, thanks for coming on this journey and all that. And, and like you're, you're part of, of the SGT fan club. You know, that's my initials. I use that yeah. for my stage name. Uh, but uh, I decided with that name, uh, with, with those initials, when I went to uh, City Watch Rising Star, which is a local uh, a live band karaoke club at uh, Universal Studios Orlando, and I, I know a lot of people like actually Omar, Omar, Omar and I actually sang on that same stage the one night and, and uh, you know, met, met and talked and chatted with him, caught, caught up with him a little bit. And uh, actually this past New Year's Eve, uh, his band Epic performed uh, New Year's Eve. So we had a chance to kind of catch up, you know, post voice and mm-hmm. just kind of talk about you know, his experience with it. And, he's, and uh, he said it, it, it's a lot of work. And uh, I, I think he said, I don't think we'd ever do anything like that again. <laughs> So, because yeah. it, it is a lot of work. And now, now, truthfully, with me, like, would I go for a show like that? I mean, part of me says yes, part of me says no. Uh, maybe for like the exposure, maybe for like the experience. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, but that's something kind of I'm still thinking about whether I want to do it or not. Uh, you know, again, you know, I, I'm at a point now in my life where, you know, I'm here to make music. I am here to entertain. I'm an entertainer. I'm a performer. I love to do that stuff. I love to sing. I love to, you know, interact with a crowd, have a good time, meet new people. And you can do that, you know, whether you're famous or whether you're not, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a blessing for me to be able to do this, uh, you know, full time and in many, you know, I'm a jack of all trades, you know, I, I, I draw, I arrange, I do mm-hmm. vocal learning tracks for the Barbershop Harmony Society. Uh, you know, now I'm an independent artist doing that and talking to podcasts such as yours. And, you know, it's really a, a, a blessing to be able to do what I love and, and just uh, and have, you know, just keeping it, keeping it going for, for as long as I can. No, it, and it definitely seems to be working for you because you've been able to plug in to, to many different experiences along the way. And, 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 and your, the stuff that you produce is amazing. I'll encourage everyone who's listening just to go uh, look it up and find everything from the, beginning of your things that are published to the most recent and follow the trajectory. Cause it's, it's just oh, nice yeah, to yeah. hear and see somebody who's passionate. And, and that's what I, that's the root of one of my, my biggest questions. And we sort of got to it, but not quite as so try to think of that moment when you're on stage and you're actually looking at the, the audience and you're singing and try to paint. Cause this is the, is what a lot of people, I really want to know, like, and it's different for everybody, but I really want to know, like, what goes on in your heart and in your brain? Because from what I've been told, a lot of people say it's sort of, a, you're, you're, it's an out-of-body experience. You're singing and you're not focusing on the, the notes as much and the technique as, as you're, you're performing, you're delivering, and you're engaging. Right. What is that like for you? Because I know what it's like for me as a, as a, watcher like as a viewer i'm like oh my gosh even <laughs> if they're on the sh- if they're on the screen if they're in front of me or whatever i know what my voice does <laughs> and it doesn't go anywhere yeah. near those things and so i <laughs> i sit in awe and i'm i'm just like mesmerized what about from your direction looking at us and and engaging us what do you how do you feel when you do that 
Well, like like you mentioned that 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 out of body experience. I mean, you know, it, 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 I think you pretty much nailed it on the head. It's, it's uh, when when you're up on stage, it's it's kind of like you can rehearse it as many times as you want in practice, but when the lights are on and you're doing it, 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 it you literally have to, like you said, throw the technique away and and just allow it to just be a uh, you know a natural performance and and uh, and have fun with it. I mean, for me, I'm just having fun up there. You know, and, 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 and if the audience is having fun and I see they're having fun, you know, like it's like at, at City Watch Rising Star where that I love that venue because it, even though it's, it's, it's live band karaoke, I don't treat it as, as karaoke. I treat it as a performance. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm up there, I usually do like Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It or Bruno Mars' Uptown Funk. Oh, uh, you know, nice. I've done Stevie Wonder's Superstition up, up on there. And, and just really just have a blast up there. And, and like, there's, I mean, there's new songs that I'm learning right now. Uh, I think I found another winner that I can't wait to do live, uh, uh, similar in that regard. And that's uh, Jason Mraz's I Feel Like Dancing. When I heard that song, I was like, all right, yeah, this is a cool song. You know, it's, it's, it's got that upbeat thing. You hear the, the, the brass instruments, you hear, you know, kind of like the, everybody having a good time. Uh, with that it's like it's like a cool in the gang celebration you know i've done that mm-hmm. uh you know i like the the, the upbeat songs you know and, and the uh you know i'm multi-genre and, and obviously you know I, I have a country cover single what was i thinking that i did and uh you know that's kind of an upbeat it's an upbeat song right there uh you know i've done luke bryan's country girl shake it for me uh you know and and that's my kind of night from luke bryan uh you know it, i always like to pick songs that are, are upbeat and everybody just has a great time with uh, you know, and there, and there are and there are places for ballads. You know, like if you're doing a couple real intense uh, high energy <laughs> songs, you want to kind of bring it back. But you know, for me, uh, you know, it, it's always about high energy. And when and if, when you engage the audience, you know, when you see the audience, it, like like you said, you know, we're, you're you're looking at at me as performer and just like you know, wow, you know, when I get that that reaction, I know I'm doing my job, and that's and that's that's a that's a very important thing for any performer. If you if you see kind of the audience just kind of you know picking in their nose, listening anywhere else, like it's <laughs> harder to engage them, and they might be still listening. But you know when you have like the entire room just like whoa, you know like the heads turn and all that stuff, you know it, it, you knows you know that you're doing you're doing your job for sure. And that is like that's instant gratification, instant satisfaction, and oh, absolutely. it occurs. I mean, you really do, that registers with you while you're performing. You actually can feel that energy mm-hmm. and see Oh, 100%. It. Oh, that's amazing. Because what I think gets lost a lot on, on spectators is that we are just, you know, the lights go out and we're there. And sometimes, usually they're not totally pitch black, like there's some visibility. But a lot of the performers I've talked to, they're like, you know what, when I can make kind of a connection eye to eye with, with the audience, that's the best. And I'm hearing that from you. So that is advice to anyone who buys a ticket to any live show is to get there and and really connect with the artist because you're looking for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, um, I'd love for you to let us know um, how you like for the, the world to engage with you because uh, some performers like, I'm all Instagram, I'm all Facebook, I'm all this. How would you like some, uh, some new fans to come your way and uh, to kind of connect with you? What's your... What's your preferred uh, way to do that? Well, uh, I, I'm on I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So okay. for Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Sean, S-H-A-W-N, 
Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, music, M-U-S-I-C, all, you know, this basically, uh, all one word, Sean Gavin Thomas Music. So you can find, find me on Facebook there, Instagram, the, the, the same same username, Sean, Ga- Sean Gavin Thomas Music. And uh, YouTube is, is you know, youtube.com slash, and then you add the at sign, and then Sean Gavin Thomas Music. So so it picks up the uh, my page on YouTube. But those are my three major mediums. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on, I'm not on, well, I guess it's X now, Twitter. I don't, I don't even use those platforms. But uh, no, the social media is the best way of reaching out. I'm in the process of eventually uh, making a website right now. Uh, I'm really just focused on the social media content. And, and uh, that's for the best, the best way of reaching through social media. Facebook's the way to go. Instagram's the way to go. So that's, those are, those are my mediums, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Sean Gavin Thomas Music. Sounds great. And, of course, at livinginthelimelight.com, you're going to have a page. Um, it's partially there already, but once we conclude tonight, I'll start to, to develop that. That'll have um, his bio and information about the, you know where to reach him and all that. And uh, it has been an honor and a pleasure uh, to talk to you. I, I just... That's why I love doing this. It's because I love connecting with people who are passionate about what they do. And everyone I have on this show... They all just, it, it emanates. You can, we can't see each other cause this is an audio only podcast, but I can feel it. Like it's coming right. through my headphones and the energy is there. So those of you who are listening, that will translate into the work that he produces. If you go and just check it out, listen to all the studio recordings, head down to Orlando and check out some live stuff. You won't be disappointed cause this guy's the real deal. And, uh, I, I just love the hour we spent together and the s- stuff that you've shared because it it speaks to those who create art. You're, you're creating art from scratch in many cases and putting it out into the world and just seeing how it lands. And I admire that <laughs> more than you you even know. So, um, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank th- thank thank you so much for having me. It's, it, it's an honor and pleasure, and I'm always looking for you know just opportunities to to, to reach as many many uh, people as possible and you know like like podcasts and interviews like this is a great medium to reach many different uh, you know whole different audiences so you said you were in the atlanta area yes i'm just north of atlanta about an hour okay yeah actually i, I one, one of the last podcasts uh they're from kennesaw georgia so i'm 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 i'm, I'm building the georgia georgia fan base i guess yes <laughs> well, great place to be the music scene is right here is super hot so if you you know, find oh, your find oh. your way to come up here sometime. There's a lot of there are a lot of venues that would. Um, I actually know a drummer that recently he he lived in Fort Lauderdale. He actually moved back up to Atlanta. So his name is Jermaine. Jermaine. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, it's yeah, he, yeah, he, he's up there. I I I had no I had no idea that the that the Atlanta scene was 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 pretty hot. So I'll have to, I'll have to check it check it out when I'm next in the area. Absolutely, yeah, and connect with me before you come, and we'll uh, and I'll try to give you some. Uh, some guidance is where to go because I've, I've, I oh, okay, know a okay. lot of people. <laughs> we'll awesome, do. It, I mean, it's not, it's not far from Florida. So that's, that's, that makes things a little, a little easier for sure. Absolutely. And just, just don't come here in the, in the cold weather. Cause then you're going to have that whole thing with your voice. Oh and God. Whatever, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> people like, Oh, it's during the, during the spring and summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, no, the seasons are crazy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's great to meet you, and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Just uh, yeah, look me up if you if something big um, happens and you want to um, you know talk about it again. We'll get you on the show, and we'll we'll do another recording. Sound good? 
Sounds good. Well, it'll probably be when the original original song is released. Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. Well, again, great to talk to you and have a super evening and take care of that voice. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye. South Alabama, her daddy had a heart like a nine-pound hammer. Think he even did a little time in the slammer. What was I thinking? She snuck out one night and met me by the front gate. Her daddy came out waving that 12-gauge. We tore out of the drive. He peppered my tailgate. What was I thinking? Oh, I knew there'd be hell to pay. But that crossed my mind a little too late. Cause I was thinking about a little Try to cut in, I knocked out his front tooth We ran outside, hood slide and like Bowduke What was I thinking? I finally got her home at a half past two later Daddy's in a lawn chair sitting on the driveway Put it in park as he started my way What was I thinking? Oh, what was I thinking? Oh, what was I thinking? Then she gave a come and get me grin and like a bully, we were gone again Cause I was thinking about a little 